San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer. Coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show as it airs on any device. And, of course, all the podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, accomplished marathon runner, accomplished author, best-selling uh, author, that is, a philanthropist, Family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Joe. Great to be here. Head, heading towards the holiday. Absolutely. We're in December finally, and uh, it's an important day for our, our first guest tonight, which we'll get into in a moment. But uh, we're, we're actually in November, but whatever. Uh, yeah, but with this airing December 2nd, yeah. Richard. So. <laughs> so hoping you all had a good holiday. We're going to talk in the past tense here a little bit. But uh, in, in any case, uh, this show tonight is going to be all about entrepreneurs. Uh, entrepreneurship, uh, developing products. Everyone's watched Shark Tank, and everyone's had an idea here and there how to create something. Usually it's an engineer, and, and how to create and how to market and IP and all that other good stuff. So we've got some experts and people who have been successful with their products and, and ideas. And uh, the first one tonight is the CEO and founder of Wisp Industries, and his name is Eben Dobson. Eben, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much. So, uh, Eben, you need to know I'm a customer because I, I shop at Bed Bath & Beyond. And what do you buy of his? A, w- a whisk broom. A whisk broom. You did. Wisp. I did. Oh, did yeah. you? Wisp. All right. I bought one. Well, let's get a little background on Eben and find out, uh, you know, where he was born and raised, went to school, and uh, how he started to get all these great ideas. Well, so why don't you tell us about that? Well, I'm actually one of those strange guys in San Diego that was born and raised here in oh, San wow. Diego. Um, We've had a few, but not many. Not many. Scripps <laughs> Hospital a few years ago. Wow. Off uh, high school in Oregon, college in Montana, where I... Uh, play a little football and uh, move back here immediately after I, <laughs> I, got my, uh, I got my dose of cold weather. <laughs> so what'd you major in in uh, college? Business. Business. Okay. And you came back here for a job or just because you wanted better weather or why'd you come back? Well, I was coming back here regardless okay. of work or anything, just climate and this is my roots. But uh, simultaneously, I did get into the financial advisory business uh, straight out of college. So... Uh, and had some great opportunities, many, many years of doing that. And, uh, but always had this entrepreneurial bug inside of me that uh, probably uh, chose the worst time in life to try to do that. Two girls heading off to college mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, kind of an established family environment. So, but here we are. Excellent. So um, what did you do when you first got out of college and got back here? Well, I worked as a financial advisor for a, an old firm. Uh, it was IDS financial services, oh, sure. now mm-hmm. American Express, Ameriprise, had a uh, franchise of that, mm-hmm. did that for many, many years, helping people uh, in investment strategies. Yeah, it's, um, well, what year? I'm curious, because it, it's a, it, that's a business that's up and down. Well, I started uh, in 1988. Okay. To date myself. So you but, saw a couple of cycles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Came in after one and uh, lived through barely another, and um, <laughs> <laughs> just... Uh, it was one of those careers that kind of chose me. I didn't choose it, but mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And kind of uh, life kind of deals you the cards that you're play, you play. Yeah, and what, what year did you make a decision to get out of the financial services business? Was it, was it boom times or bust times? Or, well, did that have anything to do with it? It was just actually, um, uh, it was the 
entrepreneurial spirit that shows uh, I've developed a product, an idea for the game of golf, and uh, I said, I'm going to do this, and it has uh, pivoted several times, and subsequently, like all startup ideas, um, uh, we have you know, kind of grown it to where it is today. And that was when I went, I, I got to do this all in. What year was that? It was 2010. Okay. So after the crash. Yeah. <laughs> after the crash, great time to start a new business, right? Right. There was no, no capital out there. And nothing. Nothing. It was, uh, you know, years and years of telling people not to do things like invest in s- startup ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I changed my mind and kind of re- reevaluated <laughs> my pitch there. So, but it worked out very, very well. So 2010, you started with any capital or was this all just sort of bootstrap yourself, your family? I had an, an, uh, both that and I had an uh, angel uh, okay. right off the bat oh, that um, had the resources to help capitalize the idea, the original idea. And then uh, when we pivoted to uh, developing WISP Industries, mm-hmm. which is the focus to the more uh, away from golf and to uh, the home consumer and the complete mm-hmm. reinvent of the broom and dustpan and cleaning products, subsequent okay. cleaning products, it was then that uh, uh, capital was raised uh, and corporation, the corporation was set up and developed. And, uh, okay. and so well, I'm just curious, what was the golf product? Well, the original WISP was um, an incredibly smart idea for anyone that's played golf was a small little brush device that acted as an etiquette tool to clear sand off of putting greens after oh, a okay. bunker shot. Sure. And um, so it was selling, and it works amazingly well. And mm-hmm. um, I have played the game for many, many years um, and have some you know, networking done there. And uh, it was... Uh, about two years into that, that a superintendent came up to me and said people were stealing them off the golf course, <laughs> literally. And I said, what for? And he goes, have you tried these on your home floors? Wow. And I ran home, handed it to my wife, and she said, this is the best broom I've ever used. So, Really? That was the double light bulb moment. And um, Wow. Here we are. So that's... so. Did you have to modify the product then for home use, or was it absolutely um, yeah. the same principles applied with the bristles in a ninety-degree mm-hmm. short, condensed kind of squeegee-like formation? But we actually employed an engineer, and we actually started developing it. And then we needed a pan to go with it, and we, we have the only foot-operated dustpan in the world. Or you just yeah, I was mentioning I, I, uh, you guys are in Bed Bath and Beyond, uh-huh. and um, uh, I get to shop there a lot because I tag along with my wife, wow, Mary, who shops there a lot, <laughs> and so we bought one. It's really cool. Thanks, but, Mary. D- d- yeah, I know. No kidding. Thanks, Mary. But just to back up, can you describe the product a little bit just for sake of the listeners? Um, because I think a lot of people, well, I know you've gotten a lot of TV exposure recently. Yeah. But, um, I know a lot of people haven't seen it. It's really unique. It is unique, in it, but it's the first completely re-innovative idea in the cleaning space. Mm-hmm. When you com- it, uh, it isn't sweeping any longer. It's what we call wisping, where it's used in a pulling, pushing motion right. as a squeegee. So the process can be done incredibly ergonomically and specifically one-handed uh, that can help many, many people with, um, you know, kind of challenges physically to do the everyday chore of cleaning. And then, um, obviously, by... L- lightly stepping on the wisp pan um, and pulling it right into it and have the comb and, and um, things of that nature. And it's, um, it's been a you know, very simple light bulb moment for those that mm-hmm. have been in the industry for so long who have said that we've changed and ergonomically designed a broom and a dustpan. Well, the fact is they never really did. Right, This exactly. is completely a change. Well, the, the thing about cleaning, though, is uh, because I have a lot of older folks that I work with and I know um, cleaning can be really hard on one's knees, for example, because of bending. Absolutely. And that's not an issue whatsoever with your product. 
It isn't. And the reachability and all of those things. In fact, the way I always premise this, uh, I didn't just think of all this in one full swoop. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we instilled all different demographics and said, what would you like to see this evolve into? So mm-hmm. I basically love to say that we listened to people okay. and built what they wanted or would buy versus build someone and sell it. We, right. um, and that's how it's been developed. We, and to this day, we count on feedback for customers to uh, develop our continued line of products. Mm-hmm. Did you start with the golf uh, situation? We talked about that, Joe, yeah. while you had to Excellent. take a quick brief. Yeah. But I, I noticed you have a pet application too, right? Well, again, this is from customer feedback. We've had um, tens and fifties of thousands of people that have owned this now and their reviews and so forth. And wh- one of the greatest uh, discoveries that we had is our bristles create an uh, electrostatic electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the use of this for pet hair, even on carpeting, mm-hmm. is phenomenal. And um, again, didn't design it that way. It was kind of a byproduct of that. So we've really um, listened to those people who own pets. And they've said it's been one of the greatest tools that they have in their Car- repertoire. Car interiors are it's important for that, right, for pet hair. Because I'm still finding my mother's chihuahuas pet <laughs> hairs three years later, for God's sake. But, yeah. uh, right? The discovery I made was... Sh- was de- demonstrating the wisp on carpet because that was the only place I could and discovered mm-hmm. when I turned it over that it was inundated with hair and I went, oh my God, what is this carpet made of? Uh-huh. And as uh, they said, it's a house full of pet hair. Well, we should give the website, thewisp.com, right? W-I-S-P, correct? Yep. And, and there's petwisp.com as well. Okay, so there's a pet wisp. Ah, okay. All right, we're going to come back with Evan Dobson all about uh, discovery of products and wisp right after this. Hang on. We are back with Evan Dotson, CEO and founder of Wisp Industries. You've probably seen his products in stores on TV. It's the Wisp broom and the and the uh, it's the broom and the uh, dustpan all in one. It's for pets and for homes. And how'd you get from concept to the first tangible product? Uh, that's always a, a big step, isn't it? It is. It is. It, uh, to, to finally kind of invest your money, which is incredibly valuable at er- any early stage development, is to avoid the big mistake, and that's developing something that isn't going to work and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So um, you, you must put great people around you. And that's what I, was, I sought first in every aspect of this company is to surround myself with smarter people than I, specifically in the product engineering. And we were capable of doing that. And, and how'd you find those people? Just talking? Just to- absolutely networking yeah. through any... And that was, that's one of my gifts is to be able to meet with... Engage people. Many and you had people. built a pretty good network, I assume, as a financial advisor? Yeah, but not necessarily in that, in that world, space. but I had enough centers of influence sure. that could kind of re- get me into the right uh, so you've got an relationships. So you've got an right. idea for a product, and you want to get some advice and help, and you know, how do I make this happen? And were you seeking out engineers or other entrepreneurs, or, and were they mostly helpful, or is it mostly your network of, like, you know, of, of personal friends? Or, well, that, that's the hard part for most people, you know, getting help. The first thing you do is you really surround yourself with a, a – IP attorney or someone with that type of experience because before you start blabbing about something, you want to protect it mm-hmm. in this day and age. And so that was the first thing I did. And I thought that was the most, uh, obviously the most, one of the most expensive sure. uh, ventures that I did. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some incredible class, classy stories about that. <laughs> and what, year, what, time, what year was that, by the way? When, well, it was right after I finished the concept and I said, I need to seek this out. First, you want to do some research to make sure that but was somebody, it like tw- tw- 2001 or two? Th- no, 11. 11. 2011, okay. Yeah. 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 So he started in 10. 10 right. was kind of golf, and then, right. I, and then we uh, 
And we formed Wisp Industries in 2012. Okay. So, but, um, so drafting or, I mean, you must. Huh. Well, now it's with the advent of all the SolidWorks and all of the CAD capabilities to do. And, and now you can print things. I mean, prototyping and, and idea formation is incredibly come a, a million miles and, um, and more quickly and less expensive. So, mm-hmm. but then I uh, established a relationship with an engineer that uh, was able to get us into a three-dimensional prototype that we could actually test. And um, once we had the IP around it, and then we said, okay, let's run this. And then you must have the resources to get into the tooling. And then do you do it domestically? Do you do it offshore? Mm -hmm. I mean, you must, you know, now there's a sourcing network that needs to be developed. And Mm -hmm. so, and I just surrounded myself with successful people that had done this in the past to try to save as much time. There are, um, you know, entrepreneur and inventive type of incubators you can go to if you're out there and you want to help um, try to bypass a lot of this, but you give something for it. And we mm-hmm. wanted to develop this all on our own. Gotcha. So uh, are they made in the U.S. or elsewhere? Both, actually. Okay. We have uh, we started here, um, and we also have a division over in China as well, mm-hmm. um, not only for um, U.S. consumption, but also worldwide consumption because we're in over 14 countries now. Is that right? Yeah. So how, how, how did you roll the product out to consumers? Well, um, what we realized, um, you test everything. Mm-hmm. You test, uh, is it an infomercial? Is it a direct response product? Is it a branded product? Is it uh, something you want to um, show through? You can't do it via print ad or static picture, we right. had something that we needed to show. So we used all live demonstration oh, and video okay. capabilities. We've done the QVCs and all right. these types of things all over the world. Um, but then we, um, with the advent now, and, and this is our biggest breakthrough, quite frankly, was the fact that we we decided to stay away from brick and mortar at this point mm. and go more after direct-to-consumer because mm-hmm. of our product has the ability to... I assume it's be- on Amazon? Oh, yeah. Okay. Amazon's <laughs> a very good friend of ours. Um, and we're on almost every uh, marketplace available. Walmart, now. I guess. Walmart.com. But, uh, and I realize Wayfair. you may not be able to say this on air, but I'm just curious, what, what was the total capital commitment for everything all said and done to get to where you are today from start to finish, roughly? And if you can't say that because it's personal, just tell me that. But I'm just. Well, I don't have the number off the top of my I mean, head, roughly. but um, it's, in, guess. It's, it's over seven figures now. Okay, all over in, seven so. figures, okay. Wow. And, um, Are you at liberty to disclose uh, in round numbers uh, how well you're doing gross-wise? Uh, we're going to have our best year ever. Um, we're going to crack 12-month uh, over $3.5 million in sales. And oh, wow. The reason for that is um, our, as you grow and learn the direction in which you want to go, and again, our competitive advantage is we really want to seek out the, the millennial customer mm-hmm. um, who all of us now are kind of ordering on our tablets, our phones, and our mm-hmm. computers, and they want it at their front door in two days. And that's mm-hmm. kind of our competitive advantage against some of the more uh, legacy brands out there in the cleaning space. Uh, right. We've been able to kind of crack that code, and we're pretty excited about that. So, um, Marketing social media, or what are you doing? Oh, yeah, social media. We went viral last year um, to the tune of, you combine last year and this year, of well over 100 million people wow. have seen our videos. Um, wow. We're going to continue to... Um, uh, build more content mm-hmm. to show because again, once people are exposed to the idea, we've really developed a better mousetrap mm-hmm. in the simplicity of the most commoditized. Yeah, I wonder if you'd like to market a radio show, Richard. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but um, le- le- lessons learned. What are your greatest lessons learned along the way? 
Yeah, tell us what you told us at the break about yeah, when you that first was a developed. Great story. Well, you know, there's a million stories that we could be here all day, but mm-hmm. one of the greatest stories early on um, was when I was so proud of the fact that I was standing there with a completely finished product that mm-hmm. was ready to be sold to a consumer. And I stood there and looked out the window and said, oh, my God. He <laughs> says, well, you've done the easy part. Now go distribute it. Mm. And that was five years ago. <laughs> I made the, the product can be developed in months, and yeah, okay. um, it could take multiple years. What we have done is accumulated five years of learning experience because we chose not to to license it. We mm-hmm. chose not to sell it off or use some sort of incubator. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did it ourselves. I did it. Sure. I'm circling myself with amazing people. Mm-hmm. And we pivoted several times on our marketing strategies until we've honed in on this. Did the QVC, was that a big help? Um, obviously, it helped Joan Rivers out a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's been a lot of successful launches on, on uh, all on those QVC. live QVC and all those live shopping. They're amazing, amazing networks. But yeah. it just shows you the um, energy of when you can genuinely um, express the benefits of something and show someone um, the integrity in which a QVC has is um, their customer base is loyal because mm-hmm. of their integrity. They're not going to sell you a piece of junk. Right. They're going to show you this is good. Mm-hmm. It goes through an incredible vetting process to even get on there. I was going to say, how hard is it to get on, on that show? And there was some movie or something about there, wasn't it? About the Well, there was a joy. Yeah, the that's the one Joy. I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we live that yeah. ourselves. Yeah. I have. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that film. It was good. It doesn't come without risk, um, but at the same time, to be able to expose your product. Now, in the evolution of wanting to sell something, especially a consumer good item in a com- very commoditized category mm-hmm. such as the broom, uh, how do you tell too many people and not have enough supply chain? And how do you mm-hmm. uh, tell not enough and have way too much supply chain? Mm-hmm. So the years of testing and learning of how to calibrate the um, recognition or the uh, awareness Mm -hmm. to supply chain and having the resources as a company to be able to meet those. um, You don't want to uh, run to failure rather Mm -hmm. than crawl to success. And And, and where do you see the company, say, in the intermediate term, say three, four, five years down the road? Well, we definitely believe that um, our exit strategy is to be um, absorbed by a bigger brand Mm -hmm. or a bigger institution that already has the logistical right. uh, where for all to meet the potential demand for this and our brand. So we're really um, going to continue within the confines of our resources and our uh, current investors to, uh, would, to, would, to that, would that shark tank be of any interest to you? But you know, I, I live on shark tank every day. Yeah. If you've got a checkbook, <laughs> I, I'll pitch. Well, you. I've heard <laughs> now we had, we had some uh, other uh, guests on, and they make you sign away 5% even if you don't get on the show. How do you like that? They have the option, Yep. you know, which yeah. I think, talk about sharks. <laughs> sharks, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a TV show. Yeah. Um, but some brands have been made out of it. Yeah, yeah that's true. True, true. But um, anyway, you have any, any other ancillary product uh, in the works that you can tell us about? or is that, uh, Well, we have incredible lines that we haven't really exposed yet. We've reinvented the push broom. Um, we're going to start trying to um, talk about more in a, instead of a push broom because we all know that. But we have a 24-inch model, an 18-inch version. We have a mini wisp, which is six inches, mm-hmm. the best uh, little wisp with a little um, dustpan that goes with it, a wisp pan, mini wisp pan. Mm-hmm. Um, has been incredibly popular for uh, cleanups around the and every car should have one. Um, we have one specifically coming for RVs, um, and then we're going to get into a more of a commercial line that's coming because um, more commercial institutions are looking at our technology and implementing it around. Uh, it's just faster, easier, and more efficient to clean up spills. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to replace the broom used for mm-hmm. construction sites mm-hmm. and things like right. that, but. 
Anyway, we have to wrap it right there. But Eben Dobson with the Wisp, the Wisp.com. Uh, thank you very much. The CEO, founder, entrepreneur, doing great things and uh, good things ahead. Thanks for being thank with us. Thank you very much, guys. Right. Appreciate we're, it. We're going to back with two more entrepreneurs right after this break. Hang on. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, now entering our seventh year. And now over to Richard to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. Couldn't do the show without them. At the top of the list, UBS with Michael Coranta. Also, we love CPA so much, we got two of them on the roster. Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger's great company, a CFO service firm. Also, more traditional CPAs, Plato Epic CPAs up in San Marcos, California. Also, just got off the phone with our great friend Joel Grushkin, Cost Segregation Initiatives helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. It's all about cash flow when it comes to real estate. And if you've got nowhere to put your money, but all these sponsors help you save, how about Mechanics Bank? Great regional bank here in San Diego, headed up by Sean Puckett, working with families that own real estate businesses, wealthy families and family offices. Also, Hub International, great employee benefits firm. Talk about confusion in the employee benefits area. Do we have the ACA? Do we not? Also, my great friend Tony Lombardi, the LG Experience in the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Speaking of great wealth advisors, how about Paul Hines, Hearthstone, private wealth management. Paul, of course, also heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. And, of course, Geiger Law Office, Brenda Geiger and her great team of attorneys specializing in asset protection and estate planning. And Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management, For those of you who have no time, Michelle will help you get your most precious asset back, your time. Great concierge service company that helps from simple things to more complex to save you time. Also, I wanted to thank Courtney Lauber for introducing me to Dave McKibben. Dave McKibben assists the two entrepreneurs and their companies with PR and such. So big thank you to Courtney Lauber, PopX Graphics, and Dave McKibben, who might be doing some work for my Move Your Feet Before You Eat Foundation, too. And for all you listeners... We're getting hungry because you skipped dinner just to listen to our show. We thank you. We can also help you, right, Joe? Yes, it's a very good food foundation uh, headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lyrac, putting on great foodie events uh, throughout the year and won some nice press club awards herself, so congratulations. And then uh, also the Lestat's Coffee Houses, uh, the original Normal Heights, the University Heights, the new one on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365, very crowded, and got voted the best coffee house in San Diego by the readers of Way to go, Lestat. in their annual poll. And I know many of these sponsors have been working with you with great success for many years, right, Richard? Yeah, actually, we quantify it now in decades. Yeah. But, Joe, we decided instead of having just one crazy entrepreneur in the studio. But wait, we got to tell them about the go to the sponsor tab. Oh, if yeah, we do. Want, people want more information, go, yeah. to, go to iymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab, drop-down menu. You can learn about any or all of our sponsors, and they can help you in a lot of areas. So go for it, Richard. So instead of having just one crazy entrepreneur, we thought we'd bring a couple more in. Why not just like, <laughs> pack the studio? with? What crazy? The guy makes, makes three, hundred, three and a half million bucks. No, that's a gross. Yeah. That's a gross. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. I'm sure he's got expenses. One. But anyway, so we got a couple more, right, Joe? Absolutely, we do. And uh, if folks, if you worry about radiation from your cell phones, uh, these are the guys that are going to save us from that. And you know what? There has been a lot of brain cancer, and we'll get into some data with these guys. But uh, we have the the founders and CEO, the founders and entrepreneurs who uh, developed Safe Sleeve. And in studio, we have Carrie Subel from Carlsbad. Hi, Carrie. How you doing? Hey. What is your title? Are you CEO or? I am the CEO. Okay. Yeah. And we have Alay Kumar from uh, Orange County. In yes. Hi, Alay. And what's your title? Uh, COO. COO. Okay. Chief Operating Officer. All right. Yeah. So we'll start with the CEO, I guess. So Carrie, Start t- at the top. 
So tell us about your, um, you know, born and raised, and, and then we'll get into uh, how you developed all this. I was actually born in Johannesburg, South Africa. Whoa. Okay. Uh, yeah, my family goes back a couple of generations there. Um, moved to San Diego. I was only two years old, so not born in San Diego. So that's but no, a- no accent. Close no, enough. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no accent, no. Um, but yeah, I grew up here my whole life uh, in the Del Mar Carmel Valley area, actually. Uh, my parents moved to Carlsbad when I went to college, and... Came back to start the company uh, out of their, well, we don't have basements here, but out of their garage pretty much mm-hmm. in Carlsbad. Where'd so, you go to high school? Uh, Torrey Pines. There you go. Yeah. And <laughs> college where? Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Oh, nice. Uh, Alea and I met there, actually. I know it well. So, engineers. See, these are the guys who are doing all the, the products and development, right? By and large, it is engineers, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. So, out of college, <laughs> did you have a real job, or did you be- decide to become an entrepreneur, like, right in college? You know, I had... Uh, like Evan mentioned in the last segment, I had that entrepreneurial bug since I was really young. Um, okay. My parents came here as immigrants with basically nothing, um, not even college degrees, and they started a business selling ties out of their trunk, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, built it into eventually a World Cup store um, in 94 when the World Cup was here in the U.S., oh. uh, just selling World Cup U.S. paraphernalia, mm-hmm. and um, turned that into a jewelry business. So I think just growing up around that and seeing that they kind of, you know, had they did it out of necessity, and I don't think they would have wanted me to go through the same mm-hmm. struggle, but, you know, I couldn't help but absorb that. So, um, But you got the sales experience watching your parents sell because selling is the, uh, the other big part of this without, you know, you have the greatest idea or product. You've got to be able to tell a story, if, if right? If you don't know how to sell yeah. or market it, you know, right. it's not going anywhere. So, Absolutely. Right? That's one thing that as much as I had seen growing up, I think I took for granted. Until we actually developed this product, like Evan also said, and, you know, actually had to go out and sell it, do we realize the value of that? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's Uh completely crucial. So, Uh um, yeah, I always had the bug. I I did have a few internships throughout college. What's your Um, Balboa Manufacturing? What did they do? They sell various, they have various different brands, uh, mostly like motorcycle gear, Uh uh, bandanas, uh, Uh helmets, sunglasses, accessories. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and, then so, you were, and then you were solar turbines for a while? Solar turbines, yeah. And nothing against the company whatsoever. But, um, you know, through all my internship experience, it was, I, I just kind of knew, it confirmed what I had already known, which is, you know, I really like to try this on my own. Mm, um, gotcha. And then you were with uh, Avira Medical Corporation and a pro- project engineer there, right? Yep. That was my first job out of college. Uh-huh. Um, it was, you know, a small growing company they were doing really big things but with very little staff um and you know same kind of thing as much as i learned from there um you know kind of taught me what i didn't know if anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i just kind of knew the whole time that you know i I really want to give this a go on my own but along the Um, way you're absorbing you're observing you're seeing things uh you know i don't building relationships i assume absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I want to avoid this and, you know, uh, and then... But speaking of relationships, we have Alea. How about your background and then how did you guys sort of connect? Sure. Was it in college or... Yeah, so I was actually born and raised in Sonoma County, California. Okay. Uh, Carrie and I met at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Both studied the same engineering degree. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we... It was actually... We were supposed to be studying for finals, but um, <laughs> that's when we actually started talking about uh, Safe Sleeve and, and uh, wanting to start our own business. So the concept came out of college. Well, uh, the idea. Well, Carrie yeah. worked for I Cracked Inc., right? And we're uh, repairing iPads and iPhones, and and did that kind of lead to the genesis of your idea? Or it definitely was a uh, that more so confirmed. We had already come up with the idea at that point that I was seeing those repairs. That was more so the side gig that funded Safe Sleeve in the beginning, actually. But mm-hmm. 
it did confirm the concept because I really had that one-on-one connection with the customers. I'd fix their phone and, you know, ask them, are you aware of the, you know, that your phone's emitting radiation? I would show them that in their settings, in their iPhone, it actually even said that you shouldn't use your iPhone directly on your body, which mm-hmm. is something that people don't know because it's buried, you know, six layers deep in your, right. in your uh, manual. But so it, that more so confirmed the idea. Um, I actually, we came out with the cases, the phone cases, and I was still doing repairs. And I was selling cases without even telling people it was my company because I wanted an unbiased opinion. And I'd say probably 80% of the customers I would do a repair for ended up buying a case. So wow. that was that was how we proved the concept. So, so like, really did, you, did you guys stay in touch all after college? Or did, was it a brief hiatus where you both went in your own directions and then you decided you should get back together or what? No, uh, from college, we, we've been doing it ever since. We've been okay. working on Safe Sleeve ever since college. Gotcha. Okay. So the website is Safe Sleeves. Uh, tell us Safe again. Sleeve Cases. Safe Sleeve Cases dot com. And these are good for obvious uh, for Apple and Android, right? And for all cell, all cell phones, you can find uh, it'll work on, right? That's right. We make custom sizes for every iPhone, um, most of the Samsung Galaxy models, the Note models, and then we make a couple of universal sizes that fit just about every phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the phone cases. We also make tablet cases for mm-hmm. all sorts of tablets, um, specifically iPads as well, and iPad minis. And then we have laptop cases too, which is actually the first product we came out with. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're coming up on a break, but when we come back, I want to really get into the data because obviously it's a safety issue. And, and yeah, the data is scary. And, yeah, and, and I'm looking on your website uh, to try to find some of that, but maybe you could just fill us in. But uh, it's pretty... Uh, Everybody sit tight. Yeah. We're coming back Coming with, back with some great data. Yeah, from Safe Sleeves. These gentlemen are the CEO and COO, Kerry Subal and Alay Kumar. We'll be right back. Hang on. <laughs> All right, we are back with the founders, the CEO and CEO, uh, the CEO and COO of Safe Sleeves. They make uh, products for cell phones and iPads that protect us from radiation. We have Kerry Subal and Alay Kumar. But, but Kerry and Alay, I got a question for you guys because you are very young. Do you guys remember life without cell phones? I I do. You do. I, I remember actually back in the day. I think the the brick phones, those Nokia brick. Yeah, phones. the Nokia brick phones. Yeah. Yes, the start of those phones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we grew up when it was. Right at a transition, so we didn't we didn't have cell phones when we were you know in elementary school, which right. a lot of kids do nowadays. Um, they weren't around for us. I'd say right around my junior year of high school is when my friends actually started using cell phones, okay. um, and even then, yeah, it was the it was the Nokia. They were more so just playing. And snake of course, when there. Richard and I were growing up, we we hardly ever heard of anybody getting brain cancer or tumors. Uh, but you, you know what brain. we used to do on the road for business? We used to carry dimes to make phone calls from pay phones. Yeah, do you know I what know. a pay phone is? I, I yeah. do remember pay phones. <laughs> okay, okay, good. <laughs> but anyway, getting a, a serious for a moment, the 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 increase in in I've I've known people with brain cancer, and we never even heard of this uh, when we were growing up. Uh, very rare. It seems to be a, a more and more common. It's a, less a, rare. Occurrence. That's for sure. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure when those bricks came around, I mean, those looked like they were microwaving your brain. But uh, have they improved? They must have improved the safety somewhat over the years, right? You know, they have put regulations into place, um, but not really since the brick phones have come out. Believe it or not, they're very, very outdated. Um, they also are not indicative of not only how we use our phones today, the technology where it's at today but the type of person using the phone. So we have children using phones, like we were just talking about at the break, 10 years, 10 years old using phones, I mm-hmm. think is pretty common nowadays. Oh, um, yeah. And iPads too, right? I it, mean, my, ne- my nephew's like drills on his, you know, he's, <laughs> these kids get mesmerized at these 
And I don't do the game thing. I mean, I think I don't know. I I I, I think I think it actually enhances epilepsy. I try that. I try <laughs> these things. But but tell us about the, there's at least I mean on your blog on your safe sleeves safe sleeve cases dot com website. Yeah, uh, you're citing one study, a $25 million government study that links cell phone radiation to cancer. You want to tell us a little bit about the summary there? And I yeah, don't, no, no problem. Uh, so that was a study. It was like you just mentioned. It was government funded. It was $25 million were put into studying the effects of cell phone radiation on rats mm-hmm. um, from the stages of infancy all the way through adulthood. And so obviously they studied thousands and thousands of rats. Um, and they did find, so they, they set it up to, simulate what would be similar to like our usage of cell phones um some could argue that it was maybe even conservative so the cell phone was a little further away from the rat than it would be you know than we would use and some could argue is a little more because maybe you don't have your cell phone on you for eight hours a day i think most of us do but um what they found was an increased in increased rates of brain cancer um, and other types of malignant tumors um so that was probably the most comprehensive study that we have to date and the most convincing. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with that kind of a study. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a whole controversy you can also see on our blog, on our website. After the study came out, there was a lot of the cell phone industry really fought to keep that study, study under the wraps. I would imagine. Uh-huh. And um, eventually, after appeal and appeal, it got to the California Superior Court and they did decide that they had to release the results of that study. Gosh, Not they a, actually tried to block the study? They did, wow. Wow. yeah. Um, so the argument, and this came out of the city of Berkeley, um, was that you know it's a government-funded study. Why can't we access the results of the study? Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you know, as a taxpayer, um, like all of we, all of us are, we would like to at least see what our government is <laughs> spending yeah. our money on. So, um, well, and then they think it might affect fertility too. I mean, I keep mine in my front pocket. Uh, there, there has been you planning on having kids, Joe. Yeah, well, not not at this point. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> good the. the um, even police officers, you know, with the, the radar guns, they were keeping those in their laps, and, and incidents of testicular cancer were going up. Uh, I, I remember hearing that. So um, obviously this radiation uh, has an effect. Um, but so you guys, uh, where, where can you get your product, and, and uh, how do you market it? So safety can be found, safety cases can be found through our website. It can be found on Amazon. It's on Walmart. It's on Jet.com. Um, and we also sell cases worldwide. There's distributors in the UK and Australia. Mm-hmm. So, what? Uh, how does it protect us from radiation? What uh, is there lead in here, or? Uh, yeah. what? <laughs> what? So we have a proprietary blend of a technology that's located in the front flap. Okay. Uh, there's no, there's no lead in there. Okay. And um, so it's been that particular that our technology has been um, tested in an FCC certified laboratory mm-hmm. to show reductions up to 99% of the radiation question. Hmm. How, how, how old is your company? What year was it technically founded? Technically in 2012. Um, we started throwing the idea around in 2011, which was our last oh, year. It's about college. five years. Yeah. What kind of growth curve have you experienced? Don't have to be specific, but. Exponential, okay. pretty much. Yeah. Imagine. It's been a combination of coming out with new products and just more and more awareness. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the. I mean, did, didn't the city of Berkeley put some new regulations in though, in terms of disclosure when you go in and buy a device now? Yes. So in all the stores in um, in Berkeley, when you go buy the device, they have to share that information. The information that's actually already in your device. Mm-hmm. If you go into the legal section of your device, it will state the same information. They share that information. They have to by law um, to all consumers purchasing these devices. Yeah, that's good. So let's say, for instance, you have an Android. Where would you find? You go to your settings. You would find there's some disclosures. Is it actually there's some text on your phone? Somewhere? What you haven't read those, Joe? No, Neither <laughs> have I. 
like yeah. most people, yeah. I'm just saying, um, where, where would you find it? Like in the about device part? So, or? so Android really depends on the device. They're mm-hmm. all a little bit different. I can tell you for an iPhone, there is in the settings, general. It's the, it's the settings, yeah, about general. And then you scroll all the way to the bottom in the legal section. And then you'll see a, a particular section that's called RF exposure. Oh, legal information. Okay. Wow, and then... Uh, Let's see, privacy alert. What would that be under Google? I'm just curious. Uh, so I'll, I'll find. You it. can find it on yeah. your time, Joe. But, yeah. Uh, so in the in the iPhones, like the lady just said, it's RF exposures. Health and safety. Here we yep. go. Legal. But gentlemen, uh, lessons learned as entrepreneurs, and in particular, very young entrepreneurs. Um, I'll start with, I guess, uh, one of the first things. You know, you hear about all these, uh, especially in our generation. You hear about the uh, Mark Zuckerberg's and these individuals mm-hmm. that overnight. It seems like overnight they they grow exponentially and become huge. And, you know, although that can work for some companies, it's not a good fit for all. And in a market such as ours where we have to continue to educate the public mm-hmm. as well about these studies coming out, it is definitely to t- it's definitely um, in your best interest to take your time and make sure that you are taking the right steps to, to provide a product that people actually appreciate, want to use every day. We focus a lot on aesthetics and things like that so people don't have to make a sacrifice when they're trying mm-hmm. to protect themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we could definitely be here all day telling you all the lessons we learned. But I, the first thing that came to mind when you said that is, you know, everyone always tells you it's not the idea, it's the execution. Um, what is it, 99% uh, perspiration, 1% mm-hmm. inspiration. And I think I always, like, and I think most people when they're a little younger, they, they want to not believe that. They want to believe there is a shortcut. And once we actually started diving into this, you realize, you know what, you really do have to execute and mm-hmm. you have to execute well. We're... We're engineers. I consider myself like an engineer, but more on the creative side. Um, that's what I like to do, like coming up with ideas, uh, the vision, and, and starting to realize it and making cool product tweaks and designs. Um, but what we realized is, I mean, I probably spent 2% of my time doing that, mm-hmm. and the rest of it dealing with the supply chain, dealing with our fulfillment, our logistics. Right. Um, so, All you know. So uh, how about your parents? We're like, oh, this is really cool. You're going to be young entrepreneurs. We're like, maybe you should go get a job and have a 401k. What was it like? Uh, it was a little different. Actually, Carrie and I were on opposites. <coughs> Carrie's, uh, Carrie's parents were very much out of college. Um, you know, they they loved the idea that okay. him pushing forward with it. My dad was more along the lines of, hey, you know, I think you should go to get a job first. So I started okay. with a job and eventually decided that this wasn't a good fit for me. Okay. So where do you guys operate out of uh, Carlsbad or... Uh... We are in Carlsbad, yeah. Okay, very cool. Now, I also see you have anti-radiation headphones. Justin, pay attention. Justin, <laughs> what's on, the budget looking on, like? And these guys are on, you know, these guys are in front of electronic equipment all day long, our engineers okay. here, so, uh, you know. Right, Justin? That actually brings <laughs> up a good point I wanted to mention. So the big thing with the devices, there's, they call it's called an exponential decay rate, so the radiation levels decay exponentially, mm-hmm. which means once you leave a certain range, which is typically like six to eight inches for our personal electronics, it really drops off a cliff. So you mm-hmm. can see that in a, if you test it in a lab setting, you can see that with the meter, you know, you take it away, you're seeing high levels, high levels, you get to that threshold, and as soon as you cross it, it drops off. So you is, mentioned Justin, I just, you know, to make him is it, rest is it a little easier. To, is it safer <laughs> to use earphones uh, with, your, with your telephone rather than put it up to your ear? Probably so, huh? Absolutely. Okay. Kerry Sobel and Alay Kumar. Gentlemen, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. From Safe Sleeves, go to safeslevescases.com. We really appreciate it. Dave McKibben, thanks for bringing these gentlemen in Courtney today. Courtney thanks for introduce, introducing us to Dave McKibben. There we go. And thank you, Richard Reese. You know, good seeing you. Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making it sound terrific. Uh, all these shows are commercial free on iwaymoney.com, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye now.